Backchat Studios is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. Head to backchatpodcast.com.au to sign up as a patron and access all of our merch. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Back Chat Basketball Show, back again with a very special episode. No Greg Hire with me today, no Ben Malice, but we've got a guy who has, I don't know, one of the best nicknames in, in sporting business, I reckon. I don't know if he's still going by it by it at the moment. Uh, Ryan Brokoff, thanks for joining us today. Um, how's it over in Melbourne for you at the moment? Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's uh, a bit of sun out, which is nice. Um, had some, uh, some heavy downpours, but... Uh, it's always a little bit better when the sun's out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So the nickname, um, I'll just start with that. I, I'm a Mavs fan, um, so I followed you quite closely. You're one of my all-time favourite Mavs players. Um, the Australian thing has a, a, helps a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you went by sort of Ryan from accounting and the accountant. Um, you've just taken the glasses off. <laughs> I have, I have. It, I knew it was coming, so I thought I'd take it off. Um, do you still get that a little bit, the Ryan from Ryan from accounting thing? Uh, every now and then on Twitter, something would be like your, your favorite random Mavs player or something and people would tag <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, the accountant. So that's about it. But it, it never really translated back here to Australia. Yeah. I, I, I was known as, as Rowdy for such a long time as my other nickname. So yeah. it's kind of the default one back here in Australia. Rowdy's also very good. Um, I just have Dan, so nothing, no, nothing special easy. about that. Yeah. But yeah, it's easy. Um, first question I always ask um, people: you know, We're going to talk a little bit about your uh, basketball journey. You know, massive poster dunk on Joel Embiid. We can cover all of that. <laughs> um, but first, I want to hear about your greatest sporting achievement, um, but not on the basketball court. So you've done a lot of great things there, but I know mm-hmm. you've played other sports. Um, it can be, you know, under nines. It can be whatever. But the greatest thing you've done outside of the basketball court? Oh, Lightning Prem Premiership footy, um, Grade Six, Patterson Lakes Primary yep. School. Um, yeah, love <laughs> love my footy. Shout, <laughs> Shout out! <laughs> uh, love love my footy growing up. Um, played uh, a season and a half um, of actual competitive footy, and then some school footy. Um, but got yep. to got so busy, I guess, by that. 14-year-old Mark with basketball and really um, dedicated to that, that I kind of had to pick from early age. Um, and I was always pretty tall and didn't have the right the right frame for footy, pretty pretty skinny. Um, <laughs> so just sort of settled on uh, settled on basketball. But handy, sent half forward, pinch it in the ruck. Nice. That's good. We could use that over at West Coast at the moment. There's um, about 75 <laughs> injuries, so they need they need someone who can pinch hit the ruck um, and go forward. So, you know, I know you're, there we go. you're currently not signed to an NBL team, so maybe that's why. Maybe you're in chats with the West Coast Eagles or something. Do, do you maybe follow the AFL? Switch. 
<laughs> I do. I'm, I'm a big Geelong supporter. So, uh, oh. yes, it's been a great period of time um, since, for I guess, the last 15 years have been pretty good. You like um, But uh, it's funnily enough, I actually, a long, long time ago, 10-odd uh, years ago, I went I went down to Geelong and had a little bit of a look around and went down to, yep. to Richmond as well um, and had a little bit of a look around and, that, that category B rookie um, uh, contract that you can kind of sign if you haven't played competitive footy. So there was, yep. there was a period of time where I thought maybe coming back and making the switch. I was in, in college still at the time, um, but very happy that I, I didn't take that any further. Yeah, I think you made the right call. But who knows what could have been? It's it's a nice thing to always have in your back pocket or something that you could have done. Um, you know, the Scott Pendlebury uh, always talks. <laughs> people always talk about him playing basketball and, and footy. Um, <laughs> you don't hear it very often, do you? <laughs> um, let's talk a bit about um, some NBA stuff that's going on at the moment. Um, I like to just cover a little bit of news. So obviously at the moment the playoffs are happening. Um, are you are you backing? Are you supporting a team? You played at the Mavs in Philly. Do you have a you know, there's no Mavs in the playoffs, but are you, are you backing in Philly? Uh, I was watching Philly earlier today. Um, they were a bit slow in the first half, but uh, I had to had to sneak away and do some other work stuff and, and saw the score. So they uh, obviously turned around the second half, but they're going to be tough to beat out in the East. Um, yeah. You know, I think between them, Boston, Milwaukee is sort of coming out of that side and the West may be a little bit more open, um, but... Yeah, if you're going to follow anyone, I guess Philly for my very, very, very short um, <laughs> stint with them. Still, still counts. Count. You played more games for Philly than I did. so I actually didn't play any games. I actually didn't play any games. No, because I signed to go to the bubble. Um, oh, and then, of course. And then my wife, um, who has some medical conditions, uh, came down with COVID during sort of that right. early period where we, we, we didn't know. Chaos. Yeah, basically. So um, we had a... Oh, six six month old child at the time, and yeah, wife got somewhat ill, but not not crazy ill. But it was, I think, it was two two days before the team was supposed to leave. So I had to right. pull out and then try yep. to rejoin the team after a while. But they weren't um, really letting players players in. So unfortunately, yeah, never right. actually next never actually pulled on a. a a game day jersey, but uh, was yep. on their was on their roster for a little bit. <laughs> you you pulled on the media day uh, jersey, so you had the the team photo, obviously, and looked um, good in it too. Yeah, the, yeah. the red, white, and blue looked good. <laughs> um, so uh, you're on the east. You said Milwaukee, um, Philly, and Boston. Um, is there a team that you went for as a kid? In the yeah, NBA? Funnily enough, it was it was, it was Dallas. Um, right, I was I was a huge uh, Dirk Nowitzki fan and. Yeah. I used to grow up going to a mate's house who had Foxtel and and uh, we used to play the NBA games. We used to watch the basketball because I think it used to come on Saturdays or Sundays um, yep. on the weekend. And he was a big Spurs fan. Um, and there seemed to be a lot of games of those two teams playing and, and just uh, really loved Dirk and, and the way he went about it. And obviously shooting was, was something that I I I was drawn to. Um so yeah, I was I was very lucky enough to to uh, for all to come full circle and to be able to play with you know my idol for for a year and, and still be in touch and and the team that I yep. followed growing up. That's awesome. I think we had a similar way of of following the team. My parents had Foxtel and I caught like one or two games, but my my guy was Desanya Diop. Um, mm-hmm. I just 
loved him. And I, I actually <laughs> hated Dirk early days. I don't know why, uh, but I just hated him. Let's cancel this. Let's just cut this <laughs> off. All right. Thanks for but then okay. after like a season, I was like in. Like he's he's now my all-time favorite athlete, um, <laughs> absolute legend. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. Diop was the guy that got me into the Mavs, which is, I don't know. Who would have thought? Not, <laughs> who would have thought? But we're here now. Um, what was your favorite city to play in while you were there? Um, whew, good question. Obviously, I think, Going to Madison Square Garden for the first time in playing. Um, that's there's there's no atmosphere quite like it. There's no history um, quite like it. I think from a, a basketball purist perspective, that's the mecca, the mecca of basketball. Um, so that was pretty special going in there the first time. Um, trying to think. Uh, I think I had pretty high in in Golden State, so that's always a good gym. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but look, all, all the facilities over there in the states are, uh, you know, um, yeah, elite level and, and and amazing facilities. And you know, I remember Utah felt like the fans were right on top of you in in their arena, and they were always so loud. Um, you know, there was there was different challenges and, and different positives to each arena. Um, but you know, Madison Square Garden, I think just just where it is, um, yeah, and the history behind it was probably my favorite. Yeah, nice. Um, well, let's just talk, chat some MBL stuff before we dive a bit into what um, your sort of your career. Um, so a lot of movement right now. It's MBL off season. Um, there has been some big names moving around. So Luke Travers has been a big name for us over here in Perth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rockingham guy who's sort of come through and now um, recently, as of yesterday, just signed with Melbourne United. What what is what would that be like for him i mean there's so much pressure and so much chatter around him and he's still so young um i mean for anyone free agency must be a difficult time if you're not signed but for someone like that what would sort of he be going through at the moment oh he'd be going through some nerves obviously making the big move um but excitement um Mm. you know I, i think his his thought or uh, his plan is that uh, he probably have some more opportunities with, with his ball in with ball in hand and, and be able to sort of showcase himself and work on some skills that that uh, you know during the games that he, he may not get to in Perth you've got you know Bryce Cotton and yeah, the Webster brothers last season and, and so many great players but you know high usage players as well where you know he may be able to have a little bit more of the the keys to the car and um, yeah sort of show off his talent as well. And, and his goal, uh, if, if it's not what should be, getting to the NBA, he was drafted. Um, so it's all about him just trying to express himself and find the best path for him to get to, to the next level. And that's what you want from, you know, the young talent coming through to, to continue to strive and find ways to push themselves. And it'd be hard, obviously, for Perth to to lose him and such a young talent. Um, but yeah. my thought is, you know, it's it's whatever's best for the player and whatever's going to be best to, to catapult them to the next stage of their career. Yeah, for sure. No, we, I think um, Perth, I think a lot of Perth fans just do like love Luke Travers and, and want the best for him. So I'm sure he'll get a lot of cheers when he comes back. I don't think it'll be one of those sort of things where a player comes back and everyone boos. Well, I hope <laughs> not anyway, because, um, you know, it's just good to see what he's doing and flourishing and, and hopefully eventually um, uh, gets to the NBA. What about for yourself? So you, you've had, um, is it two seasons um, with, with Phoenix? Um, coming into a, a time now where you're not signed, what is that like for you? What's the juggle like and, you know, is it a nervous time or are you just comfortable with where you're at? 
Yeah, it's 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 sort of a a new stage. I haven't really been um, I guess a free agent for for my entire career, except for the, the period um, between the Mavs and, and Philly. Um, so yeah, I guess two and a half seasons if you, if you count sort of that half year. Yeah. Um, but just I'm just focusing on things outside of I guess basketball. I've got a, a a business starting up and my wife's pregnant with our second child and it's just been nice to to get away from basketball as, as sort of a focus playing wise and, and more into sort of life outside of there so mm. just sort of working through some stuff taking my time um i see all the movement but you know I'm, I'm i'm pretty comfortable with where i am and and we'll just see what happens are you one of those guys that once the season's over, you just don't want to see a basketball for a while? Do you try to like completely get away from it or are you just, just hooping through? Uh, it might be like a week break, something like yeah. that. It's usually pretty short. Yeah. Um, I always found it was easier to stay in shape than to get in shape. Um, <laughs> yeah. So especially with, you know, shooting and, and, and skill work, you know, the off season is the best time to, to work on a lot of that stuff and develop different skills um so i don't like to waste too much time if there's any niggling injuries or, or or things like that obviously that changes stuff but you know this is this is our job this is what we get paid to do and i, I think it's yeah. although the the season's fairly short i think it's a full-time full year year-round mm. job that we've got to dedicate ourselves to and and how are you feeling at the moment you had a bit of injury last season um is that are you ready to go now or are you still dealing with a bit of that no, my body's feeling a lot better. Um, it's been, yeah, a, a frustrating, I guess, couple of years with, with just lots of niggling things and a few, um, I guess, uh, non-basketball really common injuries with a um, you know, broken eye socket and a, a shoulder thing as well. So, um, And then all the, the soft tissue stuff that's been sort of hampering the, any momentum I've been able to build. Um, so it's been a little bit frustrating but um spent a lot of time since the season finished working on the body and 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 making sure it's it's healthy and up and running um so feeling really good really refreshed really healthy no niggles no sort of um lasting worries with any of that stuff yeah nice broken eye socket socket must be it sounds brutal like (laughs) was it is it like one of those really painful injuries i mean i don't even know like because you can't really do anything right it's just Mm -hmm. don't touch it yeah, it's it's the the impact was um, a lot of it was through my actual eye as well. So that was more right. of like painful thing. You get poked in the eye, and the biggest man will will drop to his knees. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was more painful thing. You know, I guess the more more scary bit um, just with with um, the impact. It sort of the eyes were dilated differently, like they were different sort of sizes, the pupils, and you know, a few other little things. So. That was more of a scary part, um, but that's why I rocked the goggles um, for a little bit. Not not my best look, um, <laughs> and those things were, were really annoying because two seconds in, they were fogging up and full of sweat. Yeah, that's and, what I was going to say. It must get fogged up with the – like I put my glasses on like a hot day and it gets yeah, fogged up. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. So I spent half the time just fiddling with it anyway. But, um, yeah, it, it, was, it was sort of a little bit of a scary one, and, and you know, there was – the reason for the goggles is, you know, further impact before it kind of healed. It could lead to some permanent stuff and things like that. Yeah. So that was probably the most scariest injury actually I've, I've had. So 
happy to be through yeah. that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, injuries just, you know, they take their toll. Yeah. What was your time at, I'm not going to say the full name of the university. I'm just going to say Valpo because I feel like I'm <laughs> going gonna, gonna to butcher it. Butcher it, yeah. Well, what, what is it? Say it properly for me. Valparaiso. Valparaiso. Sounds very fancy. Really, <laughs> it does. Out, out in Indiana. Um, what was that like going from, you know, Victoria to um, to Indiana? I imagine that's a bit of a shift. Very much so. Um, I think I went for my visit, oh, I don't know what time of the year it was, but there definitely wasn't snow around. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you get there in late August, which is kind of the end of the summer. Um, you got a you know, month or two of all right weather and then dumped on with snow and it was definitely a first, definitely a change um, in, in that regard. Uh, but amazing time. I was very fortunate to have, you know, really great teammates and really good um, support over there with making friends, um, you know, still friends that I, that I keep to this day. So that that's, that's I think, for me was, was the biggest part, making sure that I felt comfortable and um, being able to, to – you know, it's always hard being away from home at a young age and feeling homesick and all those. But you're able to make friends and and, and real friends, true friends. I'd, I'd go to teammates's for teammates' place any holidays, Christmases, whatever yeah, nice. it was. So making me feel like part of the family was was huge for me. And 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 basketball, I knew was going to be um, a work in progress. Um, mm. I had no expectations on where I would start. Um, in sort of the pecking order, I, I didn't think I was going to be a starter. I didn't, they didn't sort of promise any more, any minutes that I'd be getting. It was kind of, you get in here, you work hard, you show us what you can do and, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, that's nice. Um, one of, you know, when you're a kid playing, playing sport, whether it's footy or, or basketball or whatever, like you always do that thing where you do like a countdown and you go for the game winning shot. Um, <laughs> it's like a lifelong kid, you know, a thing you, you do as a kid, you just, like could be the best thing ever. You actually got to live that in college. <laughs> um, I was watching the, I watched the video just before. Um, pretty awesome moment in, in your career. Like everyone getting up and about. What was that like? Do you still remember that moment pretty vividly? Absolutely, because um, it always pops up on social media around that period of time as as a memory, yeah. and I get to relive it every year. It's <laughs> uh, it's 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 something special. Every as you said, every kid I think in his backyard or wherever he is practices is. Game-winning shots, and um, they're very, I guess, rare to, to actually get that opportunity. And in on a big stage, it was it was very much dream come true, and, and something I look back on with fondness. And we show my kids when when they get a little bit older and understand. And yeah, your old man was was all right. <laughs> I'm sure you've showed your three and a half year old it, like whether or not they fully understand what's going on. I'm, I mean, I, I would be able to showing everyone constantly, just be on my my phone lock screen. Just say um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you go from uh, Victoria to Indiana, then to Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, that again, a big jump from from like location standpoint. Um, to, what was that process like going from yeah Indiana to Turkey? Completely different shift again. <laughs> um, so at least from Australia to the US, we we spoke the same language. I could communicate with people. Um, here was yeah, going to Turkey. Uh, first year professional um, coach didn't speak a lot of English so that was a interesting right. um, uh, sort of arrangement having a translator come across and, and, <laughs> and sort of I don't think he translated 
exactly what the coach said because he was pretty fiery. Um, but the so message is he translating like mid game, like calling out, you know, if he's if they're calling like man or something like that. Obviously, you must pick up words eventually. Mm-hmm. But like, is it during the game and practice he's calling out stuff as well? Oh, we're lucky. A lot of our offensive sets were pretty easy. It was like one, two, three, four, yeah, right. five. I think they were, or something, something <laughs> like that. Like it was, it was pretty, pretty small playbook. Um, but when we'd come off, you know, get subbed off. If we did something good, we did something bad. The head coach would be there, and the translator would be right next to him, who who was an assistant coach, so we knew basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah, it right. wasn't someone who was outside of basketball trying to translate. Um, so he just conveyed the message and. Usually it was a little bit softer in tone than what the coach would, um, but you just you figure it out. And you know, I was I feel very fortunate to be able to to have been able to go over there at such a young age and play basketball for a living, travel the world, see Europe. Istanbul is a beautiful city. Um, yeah. Experience sort of a different culture, a different lifestyle. Kind of immerse yourself in that at, at a young age, and I tried to do as much as I could and see as much as I could. Uh, my wife and I um, now look back and like we should travel even more. Now we've got kids and stuff. We're all <laughs> yeah. the way here in Australia. It's it's a little bit tougher, but um, it was it was an amazing you know few years in Turkey and and then uh, and in Russia after that. Yeah, so I can't imagine many places preparing you better for Russia than Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know if you're going from again from like Australia to Russia, it would be a huge difference. But Turkey, at least, I mean the weather's not really the same, but at least like being in a really foreign place what were the crowds like in in russia they were really supportive we had really really good fans um in our city uh krasnodar um you know i'm the, deliberately the, not saying them because i don't want to difficult <laughs> yeah don't worry ruin the names um, <laughs> but but we were kind of um you know the team had been pretty successful in the past um and a really good reputation around amount uh, amongst the fans and um they really just support it um you know sometimes in english sometimes in russian and and we you know we didn't get recognized too much on the street but whenever we did it was it was really positive and 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 smiling happy and want to take photos so it was it uh it it was actually a really nice place to to play and and great support um the weather was a little cold yes it sort of reminded me of indiana to to a degree but um (laughs) You know, my my three years there, I wouldn't have stayed three years if if it was yeah if it was terrible. Um, you know, obviously had ups and downs during that period of time, but um, I enjoyed my my time and it allowed us to travel again. Yeah, for sure. Was was the NBA always on your radar while you're in Russia? Is that like a um, I guess there's a few leagues around the world that are pathways to the NBA. I'd say Russia's not the most common one, mm-hmm. but um, obviously it got you there. Can you talk us through a little bit of that? Uh, I mean, NBA was it was always in the back of my mind. Um, so I, I put my name in the draft in 2013 when I came out of college and um, didn't get selected. Only had a few workouts, which that that's how it is. That's that's how basketball was um, mm. at that time. It's obviously it was 10 years later, and all this shooting now has become such a focal point. Then maybe that would be a little bit different. But mid-major, you know, school um, had had. A, you know, a decent college career, but but wasn't. Um, and speaking with my agent as well, going into it, there wasn't much thought about getting drafted. It's okay if you know NBA may not be the time now. Let's let's go over to Europe. And yeah, um, my agent 
it was the same as Joe Ingalls. So it was mm. kind of, he sort of showed me that pathway. You go over to Europe and you do really well. You, you get to some big teams, play EuroLeague, um, and, and that's a way to make the jump across to the NBA if that's what your dream is. And and it was. Um, so different countries to, to Joe, um, but try to, try to follow a similar pathway and, and build myself up. And um, going over to Russia in my first season, that was the big jump playing EuroLeague for the first time. So they, they qualified and um, it was, I think it was, I don't know if there was a first ever season in EuroLeague, but it, it was the first in, in a while. Right. Um, so to get that opportunity to go play the second best league in the world, um, it was it was too hard to pass up. And um, yeah, just, just sort of each year try to get a little bit better and a little bit more consistent. And um, my third year was, was obviously my best year. Um, we were in Euro Cup at the time, which is just under Euro League, but had a you know an, an all league season, and unfortunately broke my finger in the semi-finals as the team was on a twenty odd game win streak and broke that record, right. and we're on our way to to hopefully having a perfect season. But um, it was it was definitely a, a way to sort of get my face out there and get my name out there and, and show what I can do. Yeah, nice. Um, so, did you get um, a call up from the Mavs while you were playing in Russia, or do you approach them? Um, there'd been uh, my agent obviously takes care of a lot of mm. that um, early communication with with teams, and each you know season and off season is you know trying to get in their ear and send video and and all that sort of stuff. So, I was actually with my wife. Um, at her parents' place, I believe, in Michigan. I think we're up up by the lake up there. Um, and as we were heading there, I was finalizing a deal with um, Anadolu FS, which is uh, one of the big teams in Turkey. Right. Um, EuroLeague team, I think they've won it a few times since since then. Finalizing a deal with them to, to go and play with them after finishing up the season um, in Russia and obviously wanted to get back to EuroLeague and real strong club so I just sort of finalized the deal with them and was about to get on a plane to go to Michigan so it was just before that and my agent's like oh the Mavs have some interest um I believe they wanted to do a two-way deal at first yep um and the rules around two-way and and guaranteed money and stuff have changed over the over the years since then um so I sort of went back to him I was like you know, although it's a dream of mine to play in the NBA, I'm not willing to, I guess, throw away a financial security of, of what I've signed yeah. in, in Turkey and play in the second highest league. And there's always, I can always try, I guess, next year or whatever it is. Um, so I got on the plane, went went with my wife to see her parents and, and up by the lake and we're relaxing and terrible phone service up there, which, which didn't help. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they sort of came back and sort of said, okay, we'll, we're willing to offer you a, a two-year deal um, on the the main roster, and it was it was I think I was twenty six or twenty seven at the time. It's yeah. kind of uh, okay. Let's 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 take the the chance. Let's make the most of this opportunity. Um, start waiting any any longer, and sort of uh, that age starts to creep up a little bit, and and teams want you know young players, youthful players. Um, so yeah, it was yeah. a it was a it was a an easy decision, but uh, I just had an FS, so I had to call up the, uh, the general manager and, and everything and to say, uh, sorry, I'm going to have to use one of these outs that you've allowed me to have. Um, right. 
but it was it was sort of the timing of it. I, I had to make that that choice mm. and that jump then, otherwise I probably wouldn't have got it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so you got you got uh, taken by the Mavs in the same year. The same year, Luca got drafted. Is that right? So yes. had had you being around the Euro circles, had you heard much of Luca? Um, seen you know, obviously you probably saw highlights and stuff like that because he was playing for a big club. Um, did you know much about him before teaming up? Uh, I never played against him, but watched watched a lot of his games. Um, he was, you know, best player in the court then at 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know there was a lot of, not criticism over in the US, but they weren't sure if he was going to be what he is, whether yeah. his game would translate to the NBA. Um but I was fully confident enough to see what he's done at such a young age and and how competitive and tough Euroleague is. And I think it is a great um, great way to prepare for the, for the next step. And you got a lot more space in the NBA and with his skills on the ball and being able to pass, I was like, he's gonna yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be pretty good. I didn't think it was gonna be that good that quick, but I was like, he's yeah. gonna be he's gonna be good. Um, so it was it was it was awesome to see sort of him blossom, you know, in that those first couple of seasons. Do you think that his sort of really rapid rise has, has hurt him at all? I mean, like he's copped a lot this season. Early days, you know, earlier in this um, NBA season, a lot of people were saying like, you know, Luca MVP favorite and stuff like that. But it, people became harsher and harsher as the season went on and, you know, talking about his um, commitment on defense and started to really pick apart his game probably for the first time in his career. Is that just because he was so good so quickly that people are now trying to find things to pull him up on? Yeah, I think all all the top players um, get uh, looked at through a microscope and get picked apart as to what they can improve on and, and what um, you know what their deficiencies are. Um, you know, he's he's been asked to carry so much offensively since he's arrived um, that you know to to put in that effort offensively sometimes, and then he had to take it take a few possessions off defensively, and and that's. Yeah, that's not what you want to say as a basketball purist or, or watching the game, but for him to be able to to carry the team offensively and create for everybody, um, that's what he had to do. And and whether you know he needs to work on his fitness or or anything like that, like he's he's in good physical shape. He just that's yeah. just the body type he is. He that's just how he. Now he's, he's a big. Uh, he's a big boy. He's not like a yeah. scrawny little, you know, twenty-two-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So you know, if if there's any problems, you know, the Mavs would be all on top of it. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's obviously, especially this season, being such a uh, disappointment for for the club um, and the big news with the trade and just everything that went on. It just it it all. Um, it all, I guess, falls on your your, your superstar players. Um, yeah. Why, why the team hasn't performed up to where well, they make Western Conference Finals last year yeah. to to missing out on the playoffs and um so yeah it falls on the best player which is you know not always fair but that that comes with with being that good. Yeah, and just as the Mavs cop a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar. Uh, fine for for tanking at the end there, which mm-hmm. is crazy to me because um, every team that wants to lose will tank. It's just that Jason Kidd had to open his mouth in a presser and say, "Yeah, we're, we're not trying to win." But it's it's just funny that the Mavs copped a fine for it when a lot of teams do it. Um, so you got to play in uh, Dirk's final season. Um, 
that just seemed like quite a, a ride from a from a fan's point of view because there was a lot of build up to that final year and all year they were sort of celebrating him. What was it like for you being able to just be a part of that? Something I'll never forget that that whole year, especially as we got towards the end. Um, wherever he went, there seemed to be tribute videos. There, <laughs> I remember yeah. Doc Rivers called a timeout. Must have been the third or fourth quarter, and just grabbed a yeah, microphone and mic. just started talking. It was <laughs> it was unreal. Um, but the impact that he's had on on basketball and his, his loyalty to the Mavs and um, the the career he had it's 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 going to be hard to be to be matched. Um, and and he's he's anyone who's ever spent any time with him just knows he's such a genuine great fella. Um, cares about everybody, connects with everybody. Doesn't matter if you're Mark Cuban as the owner, or if you're one of the interns that are rebounding the ball, he knows people's names. He, he's joking with them. He's, he's making them yep. feel comfortable. And for your best player, face the organization to do that for, for, for as long as he has, uh, that impact uh, doesn't go unnoticed by everyone else. Um, that final game was pretty special as well. Um, you know, a lot of guys, especially late, late in their career, they might check in for seven or eight minutes and hobble their way through it. Um, he had a big game in his final game, and I was watching some highlights just before, and the crowd was going crazy. Um, again, that must have been pretty awesome to be a part of. It was, and he was definitely hobbling. He was hobbling that whole season. <laughs> yeah, he hobbled, um, he's hobbled for most of his career, <laughs> if we're being honest. But yeah. But, yeah. but um, yeah, it was it was fun to be a part of. It was just, you know, let's get, let's get him the ball, let's send him off. The best way we can. Let's let's get the you know give reasons for the crowd to get into it and, and show their appreciation and, and and just have some fun. We you know we weren't uh, didn't have a great season in its entirety, um, but it was all about you know what we can do to, to celebrate the the Mavs champ and and then after the game you know the tributes and the people that were there it was it was it was special. It's 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 uh, he's that kind of person. He deserves all that. Um, but it was special to just have a, a small part in that. Yeah. So there's some obvious highs for you with, with being a part of that Mavs team. Um, and then, you know, I imagine one of the hardest things in the sports business is getting the call or a meeting to say you've been waived by a team. Mm-hmm. How, how does that go for you? Was it like a was it like a phone call? Did you see it coming? Um, what was that process like? Uh, I heard some rumours that um, they were looking to sign um, – Kid Gilchrist, I believe it was. Yes. Um, but they were looking to bring him in. Uh, sort of that second season, it, it started to find some form and then I broke my leg and sort of fell out and then starting to make my way, be, way, way back in. But um, when you're sort of a, on the minimum um, in the NBA, you, as far as your salary, you're the easiest piece, person to, to, to let go and to, to move and to make space. Um, so from a business perspective, I, I understand it, um, as far as a fit for the Mavs and, and skill sets of the, of the two players, um, you know, I, I, I don't think either of us really worked out, but I, I thought, um, having some extra shooting around Luca made some sense, but, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's part of the business. Uh, it was, it was tough because I think my mum was in town and, um, it was after a game, got called back into the coach's office with um, the GM and, you know, just broken the news. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, it was a little bit emotional. Um, you never want to, never want to sort of hear that. Um, mm. 
and and at that point, you know, you, you're wondering whether your time in the NBA is up, whether you're going to find your feet, whether what to do now. You've got you know, a house and, and all that sort of extra stuff and mum was in town. And, um, that we, must have we, been a bit of a, a plus, though, to have your mum there for that. I was I was lucky I was lucky enough to get her outside of the arena before she ran in the back and had some words <laughs> with people. Um, she's pretty fiery, so um, just just sort of um, collecting my collecting my things that were there, um, and they could see something on my face that it wasn't right. My wife and and mum and just sort of said, "Look, I'll, I'll meet you at home. Let's just kind of get out of here and." Took a long way home. Um, just sort of drove around in, in my thoughts and feelings for a little bit, and, and just took that time to compose myself and, and start trying to think about what's next. Um, and then, sort of, I think I think I broke the news right. I was as we were kind of getting into cars um, to, to them, and, and they understood. And we'll, we'll go home and we'll figure out what's next. But, uh, but yeah, it, it was it was a tough tough moment, tough to deal with, tough to kind of be told that that. You know, you're not fit, or you're not a part of this, or um, yeah, I guess you're not good enough. Is sort of you know how I perceived it, and and that's not always what you want to hear. Yeah, so they they waived um, you, and they brought in Michael um, Gilchrist, so a guy who has a very pure shooting stroke to <laughs> someone who has maybe the weirdest shooting stroke in the history of the NBA. Um, but anyways, he obviously they they had their their reasons for that. Um, mm-hmm. you, you were just chatting before you had the the brief stint with Philly before the bubble, um, and then made your way back home playing in the NBL. When you start your basketball career as an Australian, is that something that you think at the end of it, I'd like to come back and play in Australia? Yeah, I think um, I'm not sure if when I was a, a kid or not. I, I enjoyed going to the NBL and watching games and be around it um but goals were always to to pursue it as high as i could go to the nba yeah. go to olympics and, and all that sort of stuff i didn't really think too much about retirement um when you you know you're a kid yeah. you, don't, you don't think <laughs> it's ever going to end but you know as as basketball um uh, my career started to progress and you know i started to look at it as um having a finite time to it that i thought it would be it would be really sweet to be able to come back um, to Australia, uh, and especially to, to Melbourne and, and be around family and play in front of family and friends that, uh, that haven't sort of seen me for the last 15 years, um, as far as basketball wise and, and play in front of them and, and reconnect with them and, and, and sort of share this journey. Um, and then, you know, probably finish up over here as well. So it'd be a nice, um, it'd be a nice full, um, full circle moment to be, to be able to, you know, start and kind of finish um yeah in in my home city and and close to home nice so um still a while away from um sort of the whole free agency period being over and and the season getting underway so what's the next sort of little while look like for you um in terms of keeping shape and um you know you're not currently signed so getting interest from other teams and things like that what does the next sort of period look like for you um, sort of leave leave a lot of that sort of talking to to my representation. Um, sort of talk to him, you know, occasionally when when we need to. But it'll be you know focus on just making sure I'm, I'm fit and healthy. Um, luckily, um, uh, you know I've, I've partnered with David Anderson and we're opening up a, a training facility, so yeah. I'll be able to have, be able to 
um, find ways to get out of the house and say I'm going to work um, <laughs> and basketball. go yeah go play basketball <laughs> and get shots up and, and lift weights <laughs> and, and do what I need to do um, to to get you know into, into the best shape I can and uh, other than that focus on building the business so hopefully we'll be open in, in a few weeks and um, sort of just get get you know hands on in, in that sort of respect and, and, and training kids and, and being around that and um, and then kid coming in in july yeah. so um so exciting <laughs> trying to get trying to get Just the business yeah trying to get the business up and running before before that tornado comes and uh, and life changes again and i don't sleep anymore and uh and all the all the, <laughs> the, the, the i joke but it's, we're, we're really looking forward to it but it, it's yeah. it's obviously a, a big commitment to have another kid so just focusing on on sort of family and and, and the business and, and take care of myself and, and we'll just see what happens after that. Very good. Well, I will uh, leave you to it. It sounds like you've got a fair bit on your plate then, a fair bit to, to organize. Uh, Instagram's backchat underscore basketball and you can email us hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. We have a new episode coming out basically every Wednesday. Uh, Ryan Brokoff, thanks for, for joining us. Rowdy, Ryan from accounting. Um, I'm going <laughs> to keep trying to push that because I think it's one of the better ones in the, um, in the game. Please do. Thanks for having me on, mate. That episode from Backchat Studios lives on the ACAST Creator Network. If you want to sign up as a patron or access all of our merch, head to backchatpodcast.com.au.